You're listening to the God, God Life Culture, Culture Podcast, Podcast, where faith and what's trending collide. Welcome, welcome back to the latest episode of the God Life Culture Podcast. This is Eddie. What's up, everyone? This is Miguel, and we are so excited that you are tuned in for another episode of the God Life Culture Podcast. We want to remind you to hit that subscribe button so you can be notified every time we drop a new episode. Um, we are already in December. That's right. That is crazy. Um, but we're excited that, you know, we're entering this holiday season. We have, um, you know, some great guests that are coming up, a great guest in today's episode yep. so uh you know overall we're just very excited eddie how are you feeling yeah i think you hit it the nail on the head with you know we're already in december it is christmas i think for a lot of people um it was like the week before thanksgiving everybody's already like putting up their christmas stuff yeah um then thanksgiving happened so they bring out the pumpkins and the leaves and all that other stuff and then the minute that turkey is done it's like Feliz Navidad all over again. <laughs> and it's everybody's been in that Christmas spirit. Yeah. Uh, but I think that once you enter into December, it really solidifies that whole idea of it being Christmas and the festivities and all that other stuff. And people can, you know, be a little bit more proud about that. Their Christmas tree has been up since September. Yeah, it's true. I mean, and we were talking um, that last weekend, it seemed, or the weekend of Thanksgiving, yeah. right? That everyone was kind of putting up their tree. Yes. You know, a lot of people. And I think this is that time of the year where you also see, you know, everyone putting up their tree or getting their tree, decorating their tree. What's the theme this year? So it's, it's an exciting time. And, you know, we're definitely excited uh, to get into our conversation today with our our special guest who um you know we have known for some time yeah. we have known um you know of him and his band for some time and he is going to talk today about his new christmas ep that um is available now and definitely should be added to your holiday playlist so would you please welcome to the god life culture podcast joshua martinez from the red letters joshua can you please say hello to our listeners hello everybody how's everybody doing Yes, we want to just thank you so much for being on with us today. Um, we're very excited to have you on and just get into this conversation. You know, like I said, we have known you for some time. You, um, you know, are the lead, uh, you know, singer and founder, I believe, as well of a band called The Red Letters. You know, we have shared throughout the years. You've been, you know, to our church. You've been to, you know, many different churches that we've also mm. been to. Um, so it's exciting now to get to talk to you in this form, in this platform, um, and just get to you know know you a little bit more and even our listeners and those who may follow your ministry and your band and your music to just get a different insight into who you are you know and one of the first questions that we always like to ask our guests when they're on um, is a question that many people you know will find that they uh, feel is a daunting question or a question that's very involved or intricate right um, so we'll see how you do with this one but the question is right. who is Joshua Martinez who is Joshua Martinez? So, jo first of all, thank you for having me on. Um, I'm a co-founder of the Red Letters with uh, Julian Johnson. He's the bass player. We've been together for the longest um, doing this. If I would have to describe myself, I would say I'm a, I'm a dad, husband. Um, and those are my favorite titles more than anything else, more than lead singer, more than worshiper. I love being a dad and a father. I mean, a father and a husband, excuse me. Um, but I, I'm also a worship leader. I am a pastor. At some point, I was a pastor as well. So um, 
and I'm just a musician and writer. Uh, yeah, this is a daunting question. Yeah. I, I, I <laughs> but you're doing great. You're doing great. You're hitting all the points. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I guess that's who I am. A writer, musician, pastor, father, husband. Awesome. And uh, New Yorker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I really like how you started, because um, I think oftentimes, you know, people answer this question differently based on how they view um, themselves, you know, and I think when you ask this question to certain individuals, they immediately go to what they do, right, or their ministry or what's being highlighted at the moment, right? And I love mm-hmm. how you started off by saying that you're a dad and a husband, um, you know, uh, because like you said, I think it is important to recognize also those elements of who we are and understanding that that is, you know, one of the most important jobs, if not the most important job, right, that God has given us um, to steward over those things. Um, and then like everything else follows after that, you know, so I definitely love, oh, you know, yes. how you mentioned that. Um, oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. And you, you spoke about, you know, the red letters and being the co-founder. Um, you mm-hmm. know, for those individuals out there who may not be familiar with the Red Letters, can you just, you know, give us a brief history of, you know, the Red Letters band, how it came to be, the inspiration behind the name, how long mm-hmm. you guys have been, you know, uh, doing ministry together? Just, you know, give us a brief history about that. Well, we we go way back, like to like to really begin everything back in 2003. We started in a small church in the Bronx, like like uptown bronx if you're familiar with it like the east chester area yeah and it was uh julian and it was the bass still the bass player had a drummer named danny and a keyboardist named william um who've gone on and moved on and you know started their own families but um we we're just four guys and we we're just like hey you play bass i play guitar i sing you play keyboard drums let's start something and uh <laughs> we started doing cover songs for, from like salvador i don't know if you remember that yeah yes. salvador, yes. so, salvador was our our you know we wanted to be like them so bad um <laughs> uh we, we 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 never were able to be there There's, they just have so many instruments but um <laughs> and we started playing you know like you know churches like you know youth retreats or youth campañas and uh, like um men men's campaign stuff like that and like word of mouth like just started spreading and god started opening doors for us and so that's back in 2003, but since then we evolved. We had different members. We finally found our sound, um, and I would say that would be sometime around 2016. I would say where we we're just like, yeah, this is it. This is us. You know, like this is what we're sticking with. You know, we're not doing any more Salvador covers, although I I'm more than happy to do one someday, <laughs> someday. Um, so yeah, uh, and the red letters, we, we decided to go with that title, uh, what that name is because when you open up a Bible, a lot of Bibles have like the red print when Jesus is speaking and we just wanted to be, I guess, uh, a personification of what Jesus was all about through our music. We needed our music to communicate Jesus's messages of, you know, message of hope, of love, of mercy, of peace. And, um, that's what we wanted to be all about. Um, that, and I was also, you know, I'm, I'm I'm a pretty I'm pretty old. I'm 36 years old. That's I, not I'm old. Sure. That is not that. old. I'm 33. <laughs> okay. Um, so I grew up listening to DC Talk, and DC Talk had this song called "The Red Letters" um, on their Supernatural album. And I remember being young and saying, "If I ever start a band, I'm gonna call it The Red Letters." So it's just that's that's how it happened. But awesome. Yeah, yeah, we love you know hearing stories like that, especially that you know you had kind of that. Uh, vision when you were young to say if I ever started a band it would be called the Red Letters because I think it's super important when um, you know we're intentional with the names that we pick for whatever we're attached to what we do projects Mm -hmm. you work on I think um, you know 
it would be, and we spoke about this in a previous episode not too long ago, it would be kind of sad to be like, you know, what's the inspiration behind the name The Red Letters? And like, oh, it just sounds cool, you know? Uh, so <laughs> yeah. it's definitely awesome that you, uh, you know, there was a reason behind all of that. Yeah. And you've released, um, you know, a f- uh, quite you know, some music in the last few years, you have different songs that, um, you know, a lot of people know and have grown to love. And just recently you released uh, a Christmas EP titled Christmas Songs. And, you know, I think this is um, one of those things that it could be difficult to put together a Christmas album or it could be super easy depending on the process. But I feel like there's so much Christmas music out there, right? There's so many different Mm -hmm. songs and, you know, if you as a lead singer or as a band come together, what does the process look like for putting together a Christmas EP and selecting songs? Like why, why did you select the songs that you chose to put on this EP? So, I mean, the songs, this EP is, I would say six years in the making, maybe. Um, it's just songs that we really enjoy listening to on just a regular basis. You know, like uh, uh, the first song is This Christmas and it's Donny Hathaway. And, you know, we understand it's not a, a Christian song per se. It's a, it's a secular song, you know, but um, it's, a, it's, a very, it's a very beautiful song that, that speaks about what's most important. And that's in, in this case, he's singing about his beloved being with her this Christmas. And yeah. for me, that means being with my son, being with my wife this Christmas. That's what makes Christmas for me. Um, so we just, we just pick songs that, um, we really, I just honestly came down to songs that we really liked and we said, Hey, we can do something really cool and cover this song. And, um, we just decided to finally put them together into one EP. They were kind of released separately through SoundCloud and wasn't getting much play there. Um, but you know, on Spotify and Apple music and all this, you know, it's getting a lot more play. And ever since we released it, we've been getting like a few calls invited to their Christmas parties or (laughs) Christmas services. I want to, that's pretty cool. Um, so one thing that my guitarist Jesus pointed out though, that I thought was pretty hilarious. He said, uh, yeah, this Christmas EP, yeah, all secular songs, aren't they? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I, I didn't realize that. Um, I guess we're like, you know, Mary, did you know? Yeah. Or, I mean, know, I was going to yeah, say, you have Mary, did you know? That yeah, was a nice I, I, balance. <laughs> yeah. That was a silent night, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Think. But, um, and your guitarist is actually named Jesus. So you're not talking about, Jesus. you know, like his name no, is actually Jesus. Not, not the Christ. Not the Christ. <laughs> his name is Jesus Bass, which is peace. Jesus, peace. But, um, yeah, he, he's, he, he engineered a lot of the music. Like, that's one thing we did um, during what the pandemic taught us was how to record our own music. Like, yeah, we still go into a studio and, you know, for like certain things like drums and stuff like that, we'll go into like a studio in Long Island, actually in Port Jefferson. But oh, then okay. we find that there's other little things that we can do kind of on our own home studio. And, you know, we have, you know, send it out to an engineer or through, you know, to a mixer or a master and they do it for us. And it's something that, you know, we were bored in the pandemic. Like, what can we do with this time? Um, you know, yeah, let's record from home, you know, and we bought the equipment that we needed. And so a lot of the EP you hear now, a lot of that was recorded in a church or at home, I'm probably stuffed in some closet with some shirts, like some some flannels. <laughs> uh, and, and you know, it, we did it that way. Um, but um, yeah, that's that's what it's all about for us. Uh, this EP is about family and about mm-hmm. Christ, and uh, that's what we wanted to bring out. 
Yeah, awesome. And I think that Christmas is that time of year where you can get away with singing songs like Feliz Navidad um, in the middle of a like yeah. worship session or something. You know, it's like yeah. it's that time of year where people just start intertwining these Christmas songs uh, yeah. because it's it's just part of the culture. It's part of the theme. It's part of the season. Um, so I think it's great. And I, and I like all the songs you guys picked also. Um, awesome, you know, yeah. one of the things that I always, whenever a new album comes out or an EP or anything like that, um, and we have you know, people put out music. I'm always interested about the cover art, you know, whether or not the cover art is something that, you know, they just like the aesthetic of it and they thought the cool, the colors were cool, or if there was a, you know, a purpose or an idea behind it. Um, so when it comes to your cover art for Christmas songs, you know, was there an inspiration behind it? Was it simply just an aesthetic, an aesthetic thing? It's, it's mostly an aesthetic thing, but really one thing we like to do as a band, honestly, like when we're not playing, we love to hike. We 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 awesome. We like going out into nature and just the thought of like when I think of like Christmas, I think of like pine trees and I think of like mountains for some reason. So like this is a it's freezing cold, but we'll go out to the Catskills and we'll go hiking during this time. And that and the bears are hibernating during this time, so you know that that, that eliminates that threat. Right. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, that's really what it was. We just you know I liked the aesthetic and saw it and I was like, yeah, this is great and has pine trees so it, there's not really a lot of depth into that just right right no but that it does have purpose and it has you know it's yeah. something yeah. that you guys do and like so. i actually yeah i yeah. really like that because i think um you know as a follow-up i think um you know there are many ministries out there and groups and bands and all of those things but i think you know it's something special when you have a connection outside of what you do you know what I mean? Um, mm. Where it's not like you guys are just friends or you're just close or together whenever you're playing together. But even when you're not on a stage together or at a church together, you're doing something together. There is some oh, type yeah. of friendship or connection there. Can you just talk a little bit about, I guess, that friendship and connection that's there outside of what people see when they're at a church or they see you on YouTube or on social media? What is that friendship and connection like within the Red Letters? So yeah, I mean, our connection is, is strong. We're like we're the best of friends, honestly. Um, I, you know, I hear a lot of like bands breaking up and they're like you know fighting and stuff like that. And that I, I see how that can happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, f five out of us, or you know, three three out of the five, I should say, we're brothers. We're blood brothers. Um, uh, and uh, you know, the other Julian, I've known all my life. He's like my brother too. And Jesus, one time I saw him playing at a youth service, and I was like, "Yo, you play great. You want to play for us?" You know, and. <laughs> We've uh we've been we just do every like for for example we were out in Delaware this past well not Delaware Delaware Gap over by uh, East Stroudsburg out there yeah Pennsylvania yeah and we went out there and we just went to a pie shop and we're just like let's get some pie so I'm like you know and that's just like something we did as as friends you know and it wasn't necessarily like we were obligated to go play anywhere or anything like that it's just something we like to do um, although two of our members are transitioning out of out of the band. This season we actually have we're gonna have, have two new members pretty soon um and that's my brother moses who just got married and he's kind of focused on that as well and you know we wish him the best there's no there's no no, no bad ill feelings or anything like that we right. know we're talking about that and my brother sam who's a drummer he's also deciding to pursue his career and things like that and we understand that too and that's great so but we still stay close and even if we don't play together we still have a chat together you know that infamous group chat and we'll go out for pizza together when we're not doing anything like we're just it's it's very important because 
that translates into when you're up ministering, you know? Yeah, exactly. And um, I think that's, it's evident, you know, when, um, you're, you know, ministering and you're up there on, on the platform or the altar, the stage or whatever, and people see that, I think it, like you said, it resonates where, um, you know, I think it just makes the worship even more powerful. It makes your connection as a group even more powerful. And it's something, mm-hmm. you know, that I myself have experienced as well, um, you know, within, the, you know, um, how ministries that I was, you know, that I'm a part of. And, you know, even when we haven't been doing things together, yeah. you know, we're still together, you know what I mean, in one way or another. And just, I think, again, it just translates well, where ministry is not the only thing that can connect you to individuals, right? But you can also have a solid friendship outside of that. So I think that's, you know, that's awesome. That's right. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, yeah. And, so- you know, like you said, you released this EP, Christmas, it's all about family, it's all about, you know, um, Christ and all these things. And I think one of the biggest things at this time of the year that we see often or that we hear being talked about is the idea of Christmas traditions, right? Um, you know, Christmas traditions within family, within church and all of the different aspects of that, whether it's starting a tradition or continuing one. So what are some Christmas traditions that you have created within your family? And, you know, if you haven't, like, what are some that you think that you should maybe start? Well, growing up, I mean, I'm from El Salvador. I mean, I I grew I mean, I was born here, but my parents from El Salvador. We Christmas for us is on the twenty fourth. I don't know if it yeah. is right. for every yes. Hispanics. We celebrate the twenty fourth. <laughs> the twenty fifth is a day to sleep in, and when you were a kid, it was a day for you to play with your toys. Yep. Or not. Um, uh, so that tradition continues. So, like, but my wife, she grew up where everything was the twenty fifth. Uh, my wife is Spaniard and Russian, so like her her family was more. Um, we do everything on the 25th. So now we have our son where I just want to do something on the 24th. I'm like, this is not, you know, this is Christmas. And, you know, she's like, no, the 25th is Christmas. So what we do now is that we'll like share with my family on the 24th. That's the tradition we have. And we'll, um, we'll open one gift for Isaac. And then the next day, my, my son's name is Isaac. Okay. And then the next day we'll, um, we'll just kind of have like, a, she likes to bake Christmas cookies with with uh with isaac and we'll do like a little thing you know like a little christmas party with him and stuff like that but i think one of the biggest traditions we have as a family all together is that every year right after christmas we usually rent an airbnb up in catskills new york and we just spend maybe a few days there till new year's oh nice and that's something we've been doing for years now where we just kind of like you know new year's we, we just want to get away from the city as much as possible i know people were like Going to the city and see the ball drop, we're just moving away from it. We just yes. want to be in the mountains alone. We go to the supermarket, we buy, we make it, you know, that we do a big shopping and we make a big dinner and we like, so that's something that we've been doing for a while. Um, and it's continuing. We're still doing it this year. So it's great. You know what? It's it's funny that you say the whole thing about like trying to escape and go into the Catskills and all of that. Uh, yeah. Because I have, you know, my wife is, is originally from the Dominican Republic moved out here um wind up living in the suburbs um and then but i grew up my whole life in the city in brooklyn um so the idea of going into the city to me is like oh i don't want to do that i've been doing that my whole <laughs> life whereas for her it's more of a thing that's like more exciting um so i definitely yeah. get the idea and the sentiment of just like escaping yeah um, and, and going somewhere else yeah and, and I lo- oh, go ahead, sorry. no good no i i just love it like when i play out of state like say we're ministering in georgia or whatever and where are you guys from? And usually I'm like, oh, I'm from New York. Automatically, everyone says, oh, my goodness, you live right by Times Square? <laughs> I'm like, 
Uh, I'm like a, a train, a few train stops away. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> you know, it's, it's ridiculous, yeah. Yeah, and I can definitely resonate with the idea of the Christmas traditions and being the 24th or the 25th. I grew up celebrating Christmas on the 24th. That's when we opened up all our presents. And like you said, the 25th was just a day we slept in late. We played with all our gifts. And, you know, it was that's that's what it was. Um, And now, you know, the last three years being married, uh, my wife's family had a different tradition. Their Christmas was the 25th. So they open up their presents Christmas morning and, you know christmas eve there really isn't anything happening you know so it's um you know that we kind of split it so the 24th um you know we're like all together with my family we'll do all our gifts there and then the 25th um you know we'll exchange gifts with each other and then go to her family so it kind of works out it's a nice balance there but like you said i think um there are different traditions that you have growing up and then as you get older and start your own family you implement them and you know tweak them Mm -hmm. and do what you have to do so it works for you you know Right. Yeah. I Love mean, that. as long as I have, as long as I have pastelas and ham, I don't care if it's the 24th, 25th, 26th, I'm good. Like, just bring the pastelas out and the rocon gandule. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know, and the jamón, and I'm good. <laughs> yeah, all the good stuff. You know, one of the things that it it allows us to speak on in reference to duality is the fact that we are Latinos and that you know we live in the U.S. We live we're part of New York, which is its own culture in within itself. Um, but then when we speak about like what we do for the Lord and when we worship and all that other stuff, you know, because as part of the red letters, you guys have put out music in English and you guys have also put out music in Spanish as well. Um, and I, and I, and I asked, I'm asking you a question, but I asked this question cause I find myself doing this, um, depending on my mood. Uh, but does your mood influence or dictate if you're going to be, if a song comes out of you in English or Spanish? Um, it's, you know, it's, it's a good question. So recently I was in church and I was talking with a group of people who had like a little small group and we spoke about how, when we go to pray, a lot of times we'll go to our native language mm-hmm. because that's just how we feel. That's how we connect with God. So I learned how to speak English. I already knew how to speak Spanish when I was a kid. So sometimes when I pray, I'll pray in Spanish. Yeah. You know, when I think I'll think in Spanish, um, when it comes to these songs, we just had these, we had five songs, which by the way, we're still going to put out two that are in January. Um, we had these five songs. We're like, these are Spanish songs that we have. We're mostly an English band. Let's just put them out. Um, and it was for me more of a challenge to write songs in Spanish because I've never done that. Mm. Um, but I definitely feel like certain words in Spanish carry a more passionate mood than if i were to do a song in english so yeah if i'm in a certain mood i'll, I'll write it more out in spanish it might turn into an english song in the future but mm-hmm. yeah i think the mood does take a big toll in that yeah no i and i agree because i find myself doing that as well whether it is a praying or whether it's singing whatever mm-hmm. where usually i be, i think i lean towards more the spanish even mm-hmm. though I mean I grew up in a bilingual home, so it was kind of even. Um, I do feel more comfortable speaking in English on an everyday life, but for some reason, when it comes to like worship or prayer or anything like that, um, I think that Spanish just holds more weight for some reason it um, does. Uh, for me. So, so I was just curious about that uh, for yeah. you as well. Um, you know, and I and I've also been wondering too because I grew up in the city. Um, I you know church basically my whole life or whatever and i've been part of i i have been in the generation that has seen different waves of music genre being introduced into church um Mm -hmm. and how that was received um initially and then how things changed throughout the years as well um so then I, i my question for you is how would you describe your creative journey 
as a Latino, as a Christian that loves to rock out? Well, I, you know, I, I, I've always just liked rock. I mean, I started, I started by liking jazz and I was young and then just kind of evolved. I was introduced to, uh, this group called Third Eye Blind in the 90s. It was a secular mm-hmm. band by a friend of mine. And I just said, wow, I love rock music. And I just thought to myself, how can I bring this into the Christian world? How can I use this to glorify God? And, you know, we didn't start off right off the bat with rock music because that was very, like, taboo in a lot of the churches. Yeah. <laughs> and as, a lot, as a matter of fact, we, we got a lot of, like, don't come back. Oh, no. Or, or we've had our sets cut short. This is It doesn't happen anymore, but it's happened in the beginning. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And then little by little, we started breaking down, like, hey, you know what? We're getting invited to more places that are a little more liberal. I don't like using that word, but more liberal. Yeah. Um, and um, we started experimenting. So people started liking our sound. People were saying, oh, we, we, we haven't heard anything like this in, in, our, in our churches. You know, we love it. And I'm like, oh, that, that's great. And one thing that Julie and I, till today, we still do, and it's not to knock worship music in any way because I'm a worship leader in, in, in Long Island right now. Um, we wanted to bring art to worship. Mm. And, you know, worship can be very, and, and I don't know if you guys are musicians or have played or sang. I mean, I know. I know not really. Are, for uh, fun. For fun. We'll do it. Listen, but not, it's, it's, it's not our um, our ministry, for sake. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I mean, Miguel, you know, he has his, you know, he has albums out, you know, he's right. that's, that's, that's an art on its own. That is true. Um, and you don't see that much either, you know. Um, honestly, before Miguel, I had never heard of a spoken word album. I was like, this is great. This is amazing. Thank you for that. Um, awesome. Yeah. Um, but, you know, one thing that about worship music, it can be kind of monotonous a lot of times, like four chords, five chords. It's very open and, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, we can get into the zone with that. Julia and I have really decided to be like, let's bring some art into this. What if we do this here? And one of the songs we did is La Niña en Tus Ojos. We completely changed that song around and just messing around one day, you know, in a studio, which was like, hey, let's, you know, this sounds cool, doesn't it? And we just wanted to take some songs and say, what if we added a little more art to it? Would how far can we go with that? And that's part of our creative process. Like we'll be like, how, okay, this is these, the lyrics are, are biblically sound, you know, they're speaking to our lives. Hopefully it speaks to others, but how can we bring art into this, you know, and we'll take all our influences and put them in one. And that's, you know, that's what you get. Yeah. And I love that. Cause again, it takes, um, you know, what is already a style you know what i mean when we think of worship music we have a style in our head right when we think of Mm -hmm. you know church music we have this genre style in our head and um you know it just again allows you to be creative and introduce a new form of doing those things and a new form and a new way to reach different people right that may not connect to the traditional worship song or the traditional style or the way la nina de tus ojos was originally you know put together um it just introduces them to a whole different you know world and style i mean i remember the first time you came to our church and um you know our church again um you know a few years back is more than way more than now was very a little more traditional um Mm -hmm. and you know really you guys were the first i want to say uh you know, with the exception of probably the chosen that had yeah. come to our church at that time mm-hmm. a while ago. But, you know, you guys were, again, just that unique style of like that rock, 
um, Christian music that our church really wasn't accustomed to. And I remember, you know, kind of waiting to see the reaction of the people and just waiting to see. And they loved it. I mean, we reference it to this day, like just the reaction and the response. I mean, and then after that, you've been to our camps. You've come to like, you know, different things that our church has done. But we were shocked. Like, I remember after that service being like, I am so shocked at how this church just loved them (laughs) and embraced them because it was so new and so different. You know what I mean? For them, for them. For them, for them, yeah. And I think that, you know, oftentimes, like you said, you kind of have that risk that you take and, you know, to take these steps and you just have to kind of trust God to know, like, listen, if this is the style you've put in me, if this is uh, the idea, if this is kind of the art form and the way you want me to bring it, God, I'm going to do it this way and trust that you're going to open up the right doors. You're going to, you know, bring me to the right places, the right people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that's awesome. And I think, you know, your longevity and everything, you know, that you have done is a testament to, again, just that leap of faith in doing what you felt called to do you know and with all of this you know with singing in different churches and ministering and leading worship and doing all of that you spoke a little bit before about you know just the rough moments of people not fully accepting or embracing Mm -hmm. or you know just believing in it um it's easy to quit right it's easy to let go it's easy to stop doing it's easy to be discouraged you know and you said you started the red letters in 2003 you know Mm -hmm. and we are in you know 2021 entering 2022 that is a long time (laughs) and longevity like i said of leading worship of doing you know what you love to do so i ask you what keeps you going you know i i'm glad you asked that question because i was actually about to share something well, for, before I share that, I want to say that our most streamed song is Lending Into Sofas at the moment. And every time I look at the streams on that, I say, this is all New Jay. I, I, <laughs> New Jay has burned this song. You know? uh, so thank you guys yeah. for that. You know, you guys are always the most supportive. A lot of the youth from that church are always commenting our stuff, sharing our stuff. So I'm eternally grateful. Awesome. Um, what keeps me going is this. Since the Red Letters was conceived, we started in churches playing youth campaigns, all that, but we eventually evolved into playing festivals. And a lot of these festivals are secular festivals where we're the only faith-based group. And our songs don't always just, you know, they're not blatantly, Jesus loves you, Jesus loves you, which he does, but it's not, those are, you know, those aren't the blatant lyrics. A lot of times we're playing this and there's people that are drunk. In the in, in the crowd and they're lifting up their beers and and, and and listening us listening to us do worship music but they don't even know it and in the middle of this of those sets one thing I love to do is like if you guys haven't figured it out by now we're singing about Jesus we love Jesus you know and I'll go if you love Jesus you know let, let me you know raise up your hand and you'll see them raise up their beers and be like yeah you know um and a lot, you know a lot of people criticize for that but I see it as God has allowed us to enter this field because this music you know, maybe maybe someone won't go to church, but they'll go to a festival and they'll hear us play and they'll be like, yeah. and, and something that keeps me going is that after these festivals, number of times, you can ask any of the guys, people have come up to us backstage and have to be like, there's something different about your music. I don't know what it is, but I feel better. There's something so positive. And these are people that don't know Christ. And, and, and we take the opportunity to be like, it's because we're singing about God. We love God. And it's God touching your life. It's God reaching out to you. And we've been able to preach through that. Me- and as I'm speaking to you right now, I'm getting goosebumps because it's like, that's what keeps me going. It keeps me going that, okay, maybe some churches didn't accept us and I hold no ill regard towards them at, at all whatsoever. But we had to keep going for people that wouldn't step into a traditional church and sit down for a traditional service. 
instead go to a festival where other rock bands are playing and we happen to be there and we touched and impacted somebody's life and that's what keeps me going even now in 2020 21 and 22 it's just that that we're making a difference not only in the church but outside the church we're being called to be the church yeah you know uh and that's wherever we go and that's what we want to be yeah and i think that's mm-hmm. great and that i mean honestly that's really what we're supposed to be doing you know and i think that a lot of time as churches or leaders or ministers or whatever we kind of get stuck in the four walls and yeah there is purpose in that and yes there is power um in that as well um but when you do this quote-unquote untraditional non-traditional things as you know going to a secular concert and being the only faith-based band there um you know you're also reaching the masses i remember years ago maybe like between 10 and 12 years ago going to a brooke fraser concert uh concert um that she had in a a, um a venue somewhere and you know it it was during the time she was singing for hill song but then also like she had her own music out um Mm -hmm. and it was in a lounge where it was very evident you had people that were going to her because they were Hillsong fans and then other people yeah. that went there just because they liked her music. So it was funny because mm-hmm. when you're talking about the people with their beers and raising their head, it yeah. was all of that <laughs> happening at the same time. But it was great. I thought that that's what you're I'm like, that's what you're supposed yeah. to do. You put yourself in places wisely. Don't go now. Don't start going to the clubs now talking about I'm doing the Lord's work. Um, you know, <laughs> you do things wisely because God opens those doors for you um, to yeah. reach the souls and to bless them. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's about planting seeds. And, you know, those seeds will grow little by little. Maybe you'll mm-hmm. see evidence of that right there at the moment where they'll come up to you after and tell you about how they were touched and blessed. And other times, you know, those are just seeds that we plant and That's we it. may not even never hear about it. But God knows um, that you were a vessel that was used to do that. Yeah, you know, I, I we we are finite beings, and we try to limit an infinite God. Like we can't put a limit and say, "Well, what God can do?" You know, it, it, well, you know, He can't touch anyone at a festival or in a lounge. Yeah, God loves us so much; He'll reach you wherever you are, wherever you are, He'll find you and He'll reach you. And we're just thankful to be one of the vessels he uses because God is using so many. Yeah, um, and we just continue. We hope that. If we ever become irrelevant to God, you know, the, um, what I should say is like, I'd rather become irrelevant to the world before I become irrelevant to God. Yeah. So I pray that this new year we continue going forward and other people step up too and say, you know what, you know, I, I, I want to step out of the box and yeah, this is the kind of music I love. This is how I want to worship more, more souls come to Christ. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and as we continue to speak about God, you know, there are a lot of, uh, person, uh, I don't want to say characteristics or personality or different facets when it comes to God. We know God is our healer. God is our defender, our confidant, our friend, and the list can go on and on and on. Um, but currently in your life, you know, which of God's personalities or characteristics do you think he's allowing you to get to know more? <laughs> I, I will, t- I'll tell you this in, and not only because one of my favorite Maverick City songs, Jaira, definitely is Jehovah Jaira. Mm. I'm seeing such an overflow of God's blessing in my life right now. This is, you know, maybe it's just for another topic another time, but this is the one holiday season that I can remember where I feel whole. Usually it's a time where I feel kind of sad because of certain things that have happened in the past. This is the first Christmas where I just kind of feel like, Everything is great, and I'm and, and I tell my wife all the time, I'm living my best life right now, babe. You know, and and I am, and that's all thanks to God because God has provided. We know what it was to be in very little, and God is now. I'm seeing God put us in an overflow that's just amazing, 
And I understand that the purpose of that overflow is to bless others. You know, it's not just for us to be like, look how fat we're getting with all these blessings. You know, we're, we, every morning I wake up and I say, God, put people in my path that I can bless every morning. And he, he does some morning, some days he will, some days he won't, but mm, that's what, that's how I've been experiencing God lately. He's, he's been our provider and he's more, he's really is more than enough. Mm. Yeah. And I yeah. love how, you know, transparent you are because again, uh, you know, we have listeners that listen to us and that are, you know, from different walks of life and different situations yeah. and life circumstances um, where, you know, like we've said, this holiday season for some may be amazing and they love it and it's, you know, filled with joy. And for others, it's a moment of sadness or mm -hmm. just thinking about, you know, things that they have gone through and endured or what their current situation is. Um, and I, I don't know. I think there are many people that fall under that category. So I want you to take a minute um, to speak to those individuals you know whether they are musicians and singers and worship leaders and people in churches who may just be struggling with the idea of giving up you know because of the hard mm. season they're in right now what would you say to those individuals um who are at the point of walking away from what they enjoy doing the most because of life circumstances yeah you know i to speak to them directly i, I would i would just say this like Something that really got to me that I had never realized is a story of when Jesus is using the 12 disciples to feed 5,000. He's feeding the masses. And I can just imagine them feeding all these people, and they're like, what about us? Like, we're hungry too. Like, we want to eat. I don't think they ever got a chance to eat before they fed everybody else. And at the end of that story, I never realized that it says that once everything was done, there was exactly 12 baskets left for them to eat. You know, and I, that's been an encouragement to me has encouraged me because it's like, I say that to all worship leaders, pastors, leaders, anyone who's struggling at the moment that as you feed the masses, as you're out there giving of yourself, pouring yourself, you may not be whole, you might be hungry yourself, but just know that at the end of you doing all that, God has a basket for you and you are going to eat and, and, and you are going to be fed and, and you're, and you're going to be made whole. So just keep going, you know, because yeah, ministry is not easy. Being a worship leader, pastor, it's not easy, you know. But there's a Spanish name. My mom, my grandma used to say, "Al que mucho se le da, mucho se, se le requiere." You know, to him who is given much, much is required of him. And just literally, your sanity is held within your relationship with Christ. Take a Sabbath; it's so important. And Sabbath, and I, and I hope I'm not talking too much, but. Sabbath literally means Shabbos, stop. There's a day where you need, to, as a worship leader, as a pastor, just take a day to do nothing. Play some video games. Go out to the park. Take a walk. Go for a bike ride. Literally, it's a day for yourself. And I think that's something that's very necessary to keep going. And just know that God will provide at the end. Yeah, I love that. Again, you know, I think your words are definitely going to impact someone's life who right now just may be in that hard place, you know what I mean, of trusting in God, believing in God mm -hmm. in this season. Um, but, you know, I encourage our listeners, if that's you and you find yourself in that place, you know, listen to, you know, his words and listen to what he said, take heed to them. Um, but also, and not even to just, you know, plug your music, but check out like his, his music and his songs. I know one of them that's, you know, also a, a very popular with a great message is Después de la Tormenta, um, you know, translated in English after the storm, um, with just some awesome lyrics, some awesome, you know, an awesome message there. 
And, you know, we know it's not easy. We know that life, you know, throws us curveballs at times and hard situations. But, you know, um, we're just encouraging you to just keep moving forward. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And and to not give up and not let go of those things. You know, so Joshua, we want to thank you so much for being a part of our podcast today. And we just want to give you a minute right now to just let us know where we can find you on social media, where we can find the red letters, where we can find your music. Give us all the information. Yeah. And thank you for having me. Like, this has been edifying for me in, in a way as well. I just pray it's edifying for everyone who listens. Um, but you can find us um, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Just type in the red letters. We're at the red letters on Instagram, the red letters on Facebook, Twitter. You can also find us that way. Um, on YouTube, actually on YouTube, you might have to type in TRL movement for some reason. That's how when we created the page, that's what we did. And you can find our music there that way. Um, and on Spotify, just the red letters, just you got to be specific with the red letters because there's <laughs> other red letters out there uh, who also wanted to start a band, listen to DC talk in the nineties. Um, but, uh, yeah, just, you know, check us out and be blessed. You know, we, we hope that it blesses you. And if you, if you like the music, just share it share along it means a lot a share means the world to us awesome and definitely go check out their latest ep christmas songs it has um you know four um awesome christmas songs different arrangements and all of that so definitely go check that out and add it to your holiday playlist so thank you again joshua for being a part of the god life culture podcast today we're definitely grateful Thank you. Thank you so much. No problem. And we just want to remind each of our listeners, go support, go, you know, follow the Red Letters and stream their music, add it to your playlist, to your church playlist. Um, definitely, you know, show them that love and continue to follow us on Facebook or Instagram at God Life Culture Podcast. Subscribe so you can be notified every week when we drop that new episode. Yeah. So thank you, Joshua, once again. Thank you, listeners, for taking out your time to go with us on this journey with Joshua um, and the Red Letters. So make sure that you download all of their songs, purchase it, Christmas songs. Go and look them up and all their other singles and EPs that they released as well and buy those also. Why not? Let's support and let's help this ministry move forward. So thank you once again for tuning in to the latest episode of the God Life Culture podcast. That's God Life Culture. Until next time. See ya. Bye.